Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson. I'm a mom to eight, a wife to one, and a nana to six. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional for moms. You can check those out on Amazon. I would love it if you would leave a quick review and follow me so you don't miss out on any of the podcast. Tuesdays, I tackle topics like homeschooling boys, homeschooling middle school and high schoolers, lots of different things. And I try to cover tough topics that can be challenging to talk about. I've been talking a lot about anxiety lately. Recently, I did one on pornography. Um, I encourage you to go check those out for some encouragement there. But whatever God lays on my heart, that's what I talk about. And I do it all because I just want moms to be encouraged. That's why I'm here. Thursdays, I do a short 15 to 20 minute devotional where we dive into a passage in God's Word and talk about how it applies to motherhood. And this podcast isn't just for homeschool moms. This is for every mom. So if you could share it with your friends, I would love that. Today, we are going to be talking about discipleship, and I have my friend Karen here with me, and before I introduce her, I want to share some things with you. First of all, we both want you all to know that when we talk about discipleship, we are not wanting to add another thing to your checklist. What we're going to be talking about today has more to do with the heart behind what we're doing with our kids the time that we spend with them, the intentionality that we have if we're homeschooling, um, that we're doing it from more of a discipleship perspective. And we're going to be talking more about what that looks like today. Um, recently, I sh I've been sharing a book along the way that I've just been so excited about. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics. And I cannot tell you how much this book has resonated with me. And I'm not even halfway through it yet. But we're really at a crossroads uh, when it comes to faith in our culture, and we're seeing pillars in the Christian community succumb to faulty, unbiblical thinking. And the Bible actually describes it as hollow and deceptive philosophies. And um, in that verse, it talks about being taken captive to hollow and deceptive philosophies. And that's what's happening all around us, even um, among Christians, and, and that can be really frightening. Um, but that verse that I just mentioned about hollow and deceptive philosophies is actually Colossians 2, verse 8, and I want to read three different translations from it. Um, or excuse me, I want to read that verse in three different translations because they all have a really unique perspective to offer, um, but really kind of help you get a picture of what this looks like. So the NIV version says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. The New Living Translation says it this way, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And lastly, the Amplified version says this, see to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you or makes you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain conceit 
which could also be described as idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, which is men's ideas of the material rather than spiritual world, um, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental, it's a lot of big words, but rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ, the Messiah. I think you can probably begin to really get a good picture of what I'm talking about here. And you're probably envisioning ways you're seeing this happen all around you. Um, so we can really relate to what Paul is talking about here. It's all around us. People are becoming hostages to hollow and deceptive philosophies. Um, and as moms, and this is where it all ties in for us, is as moms, we want our kids to walk in the faith. But the pushback in the culture is making that more challenging than ever. So there was a day when we could somewhat depend on the culture or at least the church to affirm biblical values, but that day is quickly passing. And it can be tempting for us as moms to shrink back in fear, but we absolutely cannot do that. There's too much at risk. For the sake of our children, we need to gird up and fight. And the first place that this starts, moms, is on our knees. But it also means that we have got to be committed to discipling our children now more than ever. So I am excited today to have my friend Karen here on the podcast. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Uh, Karen has a website called Simply Living for Him. And I actually ran across her um, in on the internet, but even prior to that, I ran across her book on the internet and I bought it and I just thought, man, this lady has such a heart for her home. And I'm thinking, I, I know that we could be friends. Like, I just knew we, we're <laughs> on the same page. I get this woman. I'm totally tracking with her and never having any idea that someday I would get to meet her and connect with her and be friends with her. And um, I just love her heart for the Lord. And I love the way she is so good about bringing moms back to um, the heart of God for our roles as wives and moms and, and like minimalizing all the stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. I'm thinking, I, I live in a smaller house now, and I still look around and think there are things I need to get rid of. I don't even know where to start. I'm thinking I should call Karen. Karen, Karen can you help me? <laughs> I would love to come over. That'd be so fun. <laughs> but Karen, um, I forgot to copy and paste your um, biography. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, about your husband, your kids. Okay, sure. Um, well, I am a homeschooling mom, I would say, to four children. But Well, I have four children, but we just graduated our first. Yes. So I'm actually only a homeschooling mom to three now. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I guess I can consider myself now a veteran. Uh, we started homeschooling when my daughter was just entering kindergarten, and now she has just graduated. Mm -hmm. um, we live out in rural New Jersey on a little hobby farm trying to live the simple life. Um, and yeah, my, my website, Simply Living for Him, my goal there is to encourage all families, anyone who stumbles across my website or my podcast to live more simply um, mm -hmm. so that we can get rid of distractions and yes. focus on God. And, and oh. since I've been writing, you know, over a decade now, this world has gotten even more noisy mm -hmm. and more cluttered. And so I just keep on with my message over there that the remedy, I believe, for all of our clutter and chaos is Jesus. 
Absolutely. The more we focus on him, the more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. That's right. So I'm also an author and a speaker um, and I um, am a podcaster and I just, you know, have my ministry is really to point others to Jesus. That's basically my mission there is to continue right. to point others to Jesus. I love that. And you do such a great job of that. And it's just so calming, even just listening to those words, because we know when it's all said and done and when we, when we let, when we just quiet all the other voices, we know in our hearts that that's where our peace is. Jesus mm-hmm. is our peace and Absolutely. everything that surrounds him is peace. And I was, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been thinking, it's like the Lord's been reminding me of something my parents actually used to say. They used to say, well, where's the peace? You know, mm-hmm. where are you finding peace? Because, you know, sometimes, like you said, it just gets so chaotic and there's so many distractions and your mind is racing all the time. And I'm thinking, how can I slow down? How can I, can, how can I bring uh, settling to my heart and mm-hmm. my mind? And, and that came to my mind was, where's the peace? Mm-hmm. And, and this morning as I was praying, I felt like God was telling me, seek first my kingdom mm-hmm. and my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Well, I and, have to say yeah. that I just have to interrupt you yes. because that is the very same verse that I have been preparing after you sent me questions about this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so this just shows, I'm just letting the audience know how much we are such kindred spirits. Yes, yes. <laughs> and God is affirming the message, yes. you know, so listen carefully because apparently this is what God wants to say because we didn't talk about what our answers would be to these questions. We just shared some questions that we're going to be talking about today. So, yeah, that's yes. really what's been resonating in my mind. Wow. So yeah. Really cool. You said oh, that. Very cool. <laughs> well, um, so, you, so you've got one that's graduated, and yep. I'm so excited for you. Um, she, we were just talking about that. She's leaving for college soon, yep. and just some of the emotions that go along with that. And again, yep. it's going to be about focusing on Jesus, even as you walk through that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these different seasons of life that we walk through. Um, he is unchanging, and I think that's one of the things that I'm appreciating the most mm-hmm. in my many years of walking with God is how how. I'm so disappointed sometimes at how fickle I can be right. and how distracted I can be. And then I think about how constant he is and mm-hmm. I can sit back. And that's one of the things that gives me peace is just to sit back and think, yes, I'm fickle. Yes, I get distracted. Mm-hmm. But Lord, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your truths are never changing. Right. They're always solid. And this is why it's so important for us to instill these truths into our kids. And this is Absolutely. what we want to talk about today is Absolutely. how we can do that and kind of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, our hope here, you guys, um, is that we will instill you with courage, that the Lord will actually mm-hmm. instill you with courage to commit yourselves to being faithful to disciple your children. So Karen, um, when did you first become really aware of how important discipling your children really is? Okay. Well, I would say, let's backtrack a little bit. You know, we became Christians right before we got married and had children. Mm -hmm. And so we hadn't been raised with the Bible. You know, we were raised in church, but we were not walking with the Lord. I didn't ever open a Bible until I was, you know, um, probably about 20 years old when, when I really, um, 
discovered, wow, the creator of the universe wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt like I had discovered a treasure at that time. And um, Because you had. <laughs> you exactly. really had. You know, I think I was thinking about this the other day. I was actually writing something out for a devotional. And I, I just was reflecting on what a privilege that is, mm-hmm. that we can go directly to the Father. Right. You know, before Jesus came, there were all these offerings that had to be made and right. these just all these ceremonies that had to be gone through. And we have access now because Jesus took care of our sins. We now have direct access to the Father. So yes, you did find yeah, a treasure. <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, the, this is the answer to mm-hmm. all my questions, you know, and I, I was living in a very lost place at that time. And so, um, you know, when we got married and we had children, we were you know, we're going to raise our children, you know, with the Bible, but yet I hadn't had that um, upbringing, you know, so it was still new to me, but I got involved in Bible study and I really, you know, um, started walking with the Lord. And the more I read his word, the more I just wanted it and thirsted for it. And I just really, um, you know, knew that this is, this is, like I said, the creator speaking to us. And so as my um, children... Uh, Grace, I should say, at that time was my oldest. When she entered that age to put her in school, and we decided then to homeschool. In the beginning, we um, would teach the Bible as you know, like a subject in school, and I would always make that our priority in the morning. Like we're going to do Bible first, and then my other kids came into the mix with homeschooling. As I said, I have four, so she was the oldest, and then there was another one who would follow, and another one who would follow, and then yet another who would follow, and so. As, as a mom with young ones, they each, you know, were coming into the mix and it would be busy in the morning. And I found myself saying, you know, we'll get to the Bible later because, you know, we got to do math right now. And <laughs> right. probably a little while into that, I got really convicted and I was thinking, what am I teaching my children that you know, math is more important than the Bible. And so I I made this rule that we would kind of always have no book opened until the Bible was opened. And so we were walking with the Lord. We were growing ourselves, Steve and I, in our relationship with the Lord. We were, you know, doing the thing, going to church, teaching the Bible as best as we could. But I want to say the pivotal point, I mean, so what I want to say is like we, we were wanting to disciple our children. We were doing the best we could. But there came this point, this pivotal point several years in where um, we decided to use the Bible as our main textbook for one year in our homeschool. I sort of needed a break from the regular curriculum. We sort of... Um, I just wanted to kind of like eliminate all the distractions and really just study the word of God with my kids. Mm -hmm. And that was our pivotal point that year. We were in the word, you know, like never before. It was our spine of our curriculum. So for hours a day, we were studying. And the reason that it became the pivotal point, I would say, that was the year that my husband lost his job. And it was our most difficult homeschool year up until that point. We had other ones later. <laughs> right. There were <laughs> more yet to come. But <laughs> yeah. Up until that point, it was our most difficult year circumstantially. And looking back, it was like, how good is God? Because we had decided to do that, to use the Bible as our main curriculum before I ever knew we were going to have a hard year. And I thought, wow, God knew we would need to be in his word more than ever that year. And so. Um, 
it was a difficult year, but we were in the Bible so much that it really became like our very best homeschool year ever. Mm. And all of us, you know, it was, it became for all of us so important to study God's word Mm. together. Mm -hmm. And after that year, um, we have never since then stopped like studying the Bible together. And so it has changed over the years how we study the Bible as a family together. We've gone through reading through the entire Bible together to doing different Bible studies, but we have our family Bible time every single day. Mm-hmm. And discipleship is so much more, though, than just reading the Bible, right? To right. check it off our list. That's, that's right. That's what we were doing probably for a little while. And we really saw the transformation in our family when we all. Um, started to study the Bible together. And, you know, over the years, I would say that as a homeschooling mom, discipleship really became the most important thing I was doing. Mm -hmm. Whether we were homeschooling or not, Mm -hmm. that was the most important thing we were doing. And it simply means that we are teaching our children to follow God above everything else, that their relationship with him is what is going to determine how they make decisions, how they live. Everything else will flow from that. So as a family, our, our walk has all grown together, which is really cool. You know, we've all had, um, uh, this journey together really. Um, but discipleship really became more than, like I said, just checking off a box or feeling like we were doing the things we were supposed to do. Right. It really was a transformation from the inside out. And our actions became an overflow of our love for the Lord. And discipleship has been our number one um, priority in our family, especially now that I have one going off to college. I mean, she's going off to Bible college. So, you know, I don't have this fear like she's going into this, you know, but still, she's going out of my house. She's going right. to be, you know, Bible college doesn't mean that it's perfect there at all. Um, but I feel like because we have always taught them that you don't obey because you are trying to please mommy and daddy, you mm-hmm. ultimately are obeying God. That's right. That we have set that foundation that um, ultimately now, you know, as I have a young adult and I have two other teens behind her that their life is an overflow of their relationship with God. So discipleship is just really something that we should be doing, whether we homeschool, whether or not, you know, mm-hmm. it is our main goal is to teach our children to love the Lord above all. And like you were saying before with Matthew six thirty three, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That to me has, that has always been my life verse. That has been our family verse. That has been our homeschool verse. And that's what it's all about. Um, seeking him first and and uh, following after him above anything else. That's right. That's absolutely right. And you know, we um, talk about uh, discipleship, and I think uh, it's really important to understand that there are um, basically two different ways to approach teaching our kids anything. Um, there's a Greek method, which is essentially what we see in the, in the public school system, which is, um, or the traditional school system, where you're going to have a teacher with information, disseminating information to the student, the student supposedly taking it in, and then uh, taking a test to prove that they heard it, and, you know, 
how long they'll remember it. We don't know, but it's, um, it's a very different than the Hebrew method. Mm. Um, the Hebrew method is about discipleship. It's about relationship and it's about walking alongside of each other. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday. We were doing an online time of encouragement for moms and she has a Hebrew uh, background. And so she, she knows Hebrew. She's very familiar with the Hebrew culture. And she was sharing um, that when a rabbi you know, he's, he has several students and those students don't just, they don't just spend a few hours a day with him. They actually live with him. They Mm -hmm. eat together. They do everything together. And he, um, and he teaches as they walk along, but they also have a very strong relational ties. And he's right. also modeling for them, right. what does it look like to follow the Lord? And, and so we look at that example, and, and that is what our relationship with our kids should look like. It should be one of discipleship, which means mm-hmm. we're not, we have authority over our children, but we are not lording it over our children. And we are not exasperating our children like the Bible talks about. We are walking with them and trying to walk with them in an, in an understanding manner and in a loving way. Um, well, at the same time, sometimes we need to correct and instruct and mm-hmm. discipline. But I think about Jesus and I, I was, you know, he's our perfect example of what discipleship looks like as well. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, okay, he walked with the disciples. They ate together. They spent a lot of time together. They walked together. They traveled together. Um, He corrected them. He encouraged them. He instructed them. He told them stories. But the other thing I thought was really important to remember is he took time away from them to be with God the Father. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to understand that as moms, we cannot, uh, we need to, we need to allow Jesus to disciple us as Mm -hmm. we disciple our children. So it's kind of this beautiful circle, Um, but we have to be doing our part in going to the Lord every day and asking him what he has for our families, for our kids. And, and as we run into obstacles throughout the day, um, you know, kids fighting or, you know, just misbehaving, we're, we're asking, Lord, what do I do? What do I do in this situation? And let him lead us through it. And then as he does that, I, I think it's easier for us to not react, but to respond in a, in a more of a discipleship type relationship with our kids. And, what happens over the years, and I know you've seen this, and this is part of the reason you have such peace about your daughter going to college, is that you have established a strong relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Um, You know her inside and out, and you Mm -hmm. know that she will come to you with things, and you have an open relationship. You have open communication. That takes work. That is years of discipling and walking through hard things together and gaining their trust, but also their respect. And um, so I think all of that is kind of paints the picture of what discipleship looks like. Um, One of my, um, one of the questions here that I had for you um, was you know, kind of what do you believe is at the root of discipleship? If you were going to describe what is the kind of basis of discipleship? I would say relationship. Like you said before, the relationship. Um, And it's that modeling of 
they can't, we can't pass on to them, you know, what, what we don't have. And they know, and I always tell them, you know, um, if you remember anything about mommy, it's not, you know, all clean your room or do this or do that. Right. It's that mommy loved the Lord and mommy followed him and mommy loved the word of God, you know, and right. it's that pass, it's that modeling, that passing on. Um, so for me, I have to make sure that I am, um, you know, turning my eyes upon Jesus in everything. Like you said before, that, that, um, that modeling um, because they're walking with us and they're going to see how we're handling situations. Yes. And really, like you said, that relationship, that relationship is so important. You know, if you're a homeschooling mom, be, beyond all that stuff that we get so caught up in, mm-hmm. when I look back now, I'm just like, what on earth was I thinking in the early <laughs> years? You know, like so worried about all these details and all these things and what curriculum and what planner and what this and what, the, you know, what method. And um, the really, I would encourage everyone out there to build that relationship with your children. That's right. Um, that is beyond anything because then later on when the academics come into play, it's much easier to um, point them, uh, to help them and, you know, in their academics, if they're walking with the Lord, they're going to want to do well. They're going to want to, um, you know, do well in school or whatever it is. And just as you said, they'll come to, you know, you with things. We had a very um, situation just like that recently where I was so glad that my daughter came to me, you know, it was one 30 in the morning, crying and crying and crying about something. And I have, always, always said to them, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what the situation is. You always come to us. Mm -hmm. And that's just like modeling, like you said, what Jesus does for us, right? right. That's absolutely right. We go to him. And so, you know, it's really our job is to model um, that walk with them. So, at the and root I, to me is all about our relationship, our relationship with our children and our relationship with God. And I think that's also includes being authentic with our kids because obviously we're never going to model a perfect relationship no. with the Lord. And so, but what we are modeling is what does the gospel look like right. in real life? It looks like forgiveness, grace, you know, those things that we need along the way because we mess up. Right. And being willing to admit when we mess up, right. but also understanding that first right. we're forgiven and we and our kids need to understand, you know, we need to ask their forgiveness if we've sinned against them. Um, and we let them know that wasn't right. You know, I remember <laughs> telling my kids, I was, you know, I just felt so responsible that I had to, I was supposed to model Jesus for them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying so hard to model Jesus. And of course, I'm messing up, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember going to them and saying, I just, I am so sorry. I totally messed that up. And I just want you to know that Jesus would never do that. <laughs> right. It's admitting. When, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's clarify here. I know I'm modeling him for you, but I really messed up here. And this is not something he would do. This is not something exactly. he would say ever. So know that, you know, because I wanted them to so have a clear picture of who he was that I just wanted it to be clear, you know, that right. although I'm trying to example, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the perfect example. And, but and it's, I think when we're walking with him, he does 
the things that we would, that would never come out of our mouth. Like he cha- he transforms us and it's all in his strength and his power. Cause That's just right. recently my son did something. He said, Oh mom, I forgot something. And it was like a big deal. And I was going to have to turn around and drive really far to go get this thing and all that. And in my flesh, in that moment, I was ready to say, you know, how could you forget? And this is mm-hmm. going to set our schedule back and blah, blah, blah. And as, and we're driving in the car and, we get to a stoplight and this is where walking with Jesus and letting him transform you because I was like, who just said that? I literally <laughs> turned around and I said, you know what, honey, it's okay. I mess up. I forget all the time too. Mm-hmm. And as I said that, I was like, well, thank you, Jesus. Yes. That was not me. <laughs> Amen. I hear right? you, but you know, that falls and right it was in. such a wonderful feeling to know that <laughs> like, like that he was God. He that was, was the Holy Spirit. You. Yeah. And you know, in that moment that that was really resonating deeply within the heart of your son because he was a hundred percent expecting me right. to be like, bah, 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 you yeah, know, and exactly. And what was that going to do in the moment? It was like a really big day for him too. He had a big mm. thing going on. So for me in that moment, I was like, what, how is that going to help? Right. 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 Let me just show him grace and love. And, and give him peace because I knew he was upset about it. Right. But that's what God does for us, right? Exactly. And, so, and for me, I was like, well, that was not me at all in my flesh. Mm-hmm. So it was a beautiful thing for me to be like, thank you, Lord. You just took over. Right. And that's there's right. modeling that you know, to our kids that um, it's Christ in them that the world will see, right? And right. that's Christ in me that they were able to see. That's right. Exactly. As well, that's not mommy speaking. In that moment, they're like, God is speaking. <laughs> but I'm thinking about that verse that says, do not be conformed to this yes. world. I love it. Be yep. transformed by the renewing of your mind. And as we put our hearts and our eyes on him and on his word, we are transformed along with, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit empowers all of that. But um, this is why it's so important for us to stay uh, intentionally walking with God. Again, that letting him disciple us as we disciple our children. I always think about that story of Mary and Martha. Mm -hmm. You know, she was all about the checklist. Martha was all about the checklist and Mm -hmm. she's taking care of the details. You know, I get that. I am a checklist detail person. That would be me, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's pretty upset because she looks over at Mary and there's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, essentially doing nothing in Martha's eyes. You know, she's not being productive. She's not helping out. There's all these things to do. And here's this culture that they live in where being a host or a hostess was a big deal. Like that was really highly respected. And so Martha's just doing everything she can to live up to that. And I just think about that and how she looked at Jesus and she was like, you know, there's, there's all these things I'm taking care of. I'm paraphrasing of course. Um, But you know, you know, aren't you going to, make Mary come and help me basically. And Jesus just said, you know, Martha, you are concerned with many, many things, but Mary has found the better thing Mm -hmm. and it will not be taken from her. And I think about that. And as a mom, we know we can't, you know, it's, we need to sit at the feet of Jesus, but we also got stuff to do. So where's the balance there? And I think the point of the story in my mind is Mary went to Jesus first. Right. Absolutely. And then she was there hearing the good that he had for her. And then she got up and she did her things 
with peace and confidence. Right. Um, when we go to him first, then we can tackle all of the other things, right? Exactly. Like when you sit with Jesus first, then you're able to tackle the things in the right mind frame with his strength. I remember, you know, hearing from moms that would say, well, I just, because I just am always talking about, you know, reading the Bible first thing in the day, not doing a big Bible study, but I'm always saying we should really set God's word before our eyes, before we go to Facebook, before we go to the internet and texting. And moms would, I'm just too busy right now for the Bible. And I would be like, you know what? I think this is the time you need it most. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Not, not trying to be mean or trying right. to discount how busy they are. But I think as a mom, if you're in a season where you're so busy, you're so overwhelmed, then that's when you need God before everything else so that you can tackle all the things that are clamoring for your attention. That's Even right. Even it's putting the audio Bible on. I mean, you don't need to, you know, sit down, I tell them, and, and if you need to just listen to God's word, anyone can do that during a busy season. Absolutely. You can be praying while you're nursing that baby, right? Mm-hmm, you can be mm-hmm. listening to God's word while you're um, driving in the car. That's right. So I think it's really that shift in our mindset that like, we'll get to that when we're done with our to-do list, it's like, no, that's at the top of your list because that's where you get the strength to tackle your to-do list. That's right. And you'll approach that to-do list differently Absolutely. when you've spent time with him first. And the other thing is that I'm, I'm thinking we, we live our priorities out by our actions. Mm-hmm. So if we're not making that important, then it actually isn't as important as it should be to us. And I I hate that sounds a little bit tough, but it's true. Our actions speak louder than words, I guess is what I'm saying. And and I'm preaching to the choir here because I have, you know, failed at this so many times, you know, I, we call it falling off the wagon, but you get back on you just, the point is, and in looking back over these 28 years of parenting, the point is you get back on and your kids see you, you know, realizing you need to be in the word again and going back to it, realizing that we've gotten too busy and we need to go back to this. It's not a failure. That's a success. Right. right, Going back to it, you know, and it's a failure if you just never go back (laughs) and let that failure handicap you and keep you from doing what's most important. Um, I have a quick, um, story about uh, discipleship to share that my daughter uh, shared with me recently. She's 17. And we were talking about sort of how we've approached um, the Bible in our family. And Mm -hmm. typically it's been reading it at the dinner table at night. That's, Mm -hmm. that was the time when I could keep everyone in one place (laughs) because there was five of them were boys. And so they were very, very wiggly. And so if they were eating or finishing eating, you've got them um, for a little bit (laughs) Captive attention there. Yeah. And and then it made it so that I didn't, wasn't having to try to do it earlier in the day. So for our family, Mm -hmm. that's what worked well. Um, because we were always together at the dinner table every night, you know, and sometimes in the morning, a kid would be lagging, you know, out, you know, milking the cow or, you know, yeah. out in the garden or whatever. And so, yes, for reals, re- milking a real cow. And <laughs> <laughs> that ship has sailed. I do not plan on going back to that again, but it was great for the season. But anyway, our daughter was telling me um, another thing that I didn't do, and, and I'm not, I am not against 
um, using, you know, having Bible as your subject in your homeschooling. Right, I just, right. I'm fine with that. But for us, um, I needed to just listen to what I felt like the Lord was telling me. And I felt like if I made that another subject, right. that it would just seem like a have to to them exactly. and not a life giving thing. And so when they were done with their studies, so to speak, they were done with the Bible. I, I didn't want that to happen. Right. Absolutely. And, and so I chose to do it at a different time of the day. And I also would reach out to my kids periodically and just ask them as they were getting older, you know, are you reading your Bible on a regular basis? And yep. if you aren't, what's keeping you from doing right. that? Do you have any questions? You know, tried to keep it very open and, you know, not like I was lording it and forcing it. I, I right. wanted so badly for them to do this on their own. And right. so our daughter was sharing with me how much she appreciated that. Um, and she said what was the best uh, biggest encouragement to her to to continue to pursue the Lord or to really begin to more deeply pursue the Lord as a teenager was my enthusiasm for what I was mm -hmm. reading in the Bible because I'm I, I'm kind wow, of that kind of person where I read stuff and I'm like why should I be the only one who gets to benefit from this I got to tell somebody you know so I'm the exact same way I'm like guys guess what I learned today guess I what know. I read yeah so I'll walk out of there my hair standing on end I'm in my robe you know because it's been it's my quiet time and my coffee time and I don't right. know what I look like and I go out there I'm like you guys you've got to hear this. This is so awesome. Nobody ever seems right. quite as excited as I am about it. But anyway, they, they listen you. anyway. And, um, but she said, you know, there are actually times it was irritating, mom, how excited you were <laughs> about the word. And she goes, but as I'm watching you, I'm thinking, if she gets that excited yeah. about it, it must be, there must be something there. Right. You know, and it's and that real and authentic, you know, relationship that you have with right. God, you're showing them and that's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, so this last year, I mean, has been such a time of growth for her actually since mm -hmm. we moved across the country because that, that will challenge you on mm -hmm. so many fronts when you move someplace where you don't know anybody and she grew up in the other place that we moved from that's all she's known and right so it was a big deal and I was so grateful because first of all that we had such a good relationship with our teens who we were you know breaking the news <laughs> we're moving across right. the states you know they didn't you know they grieved uh, of course but never did I feel like they were resisting us right. they just really needed time to process it and to embrace this is what God has for us and so um, they made the move and two years later they're seeing how much God has done um, mm. it was hard there were a lot of hard things about it a lot of loneliness finding new friends and so all that to say, this really spurred a lot of growth in um, our, you know, all of our, all three of our kids that came with us. Um, but it also um, was just this catalyst for a deepening walk with mm. the Lord. And um, we let uh, our daughter go to um, a camp that um, was, it, it was a Christian camp, but um it was pretty liberal. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually very liberal. Mm -hmm. We knew going into it that that's what it would be. Right. Um, 
And, but at her, at this point in her life, and this is, I think, part of the whole discipleship picture is right. knowing your child and knowing when they're ready for a challenge. Right. And we, we knew going into it that it was going to be liberal and she knew, and we, we talked about it. We were very open. Right. And I said, this is, you know, this is probably what you're going to see and hear. Yeah. And so anyway, she went to this camp and she was pretty broadsided actually. Mm. He thought she was ready. She was pretty broadsided. And so wow. he came home and she has literally spent the last year diving into um, the word, into listening to really solid pastors on cultural oh, issues and things like that, because that's one of the things that was going on at this camp. It's just the right. very liberal, um, you know, gender fluidity is fine, you know, all right. these things. Right. And She's like, mom. I mean, she literally came home sobbing because she was, and she, she, it was, and that was a new experience for her because she was grieving for the church. Right. And I was like, wow, you know, there's really a heart there that I didn't know she had for the church and for the truth. And so these are, these are just some of the beautiful moments that you get yep. with your kids when you've got that kind of relationship and you're discipling them. I'm not saying it's always beautiful. Sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> no, but you get those moments that you can look back and say, you know, there's a forward progression. There's a, there's a, you know, growing here and yes. she's walking with the Lord. And That's right. And it was interesting because, you know, we asked her, so are you going back this year? And we went back and forth, back and forth. She went back and forth praying about it. I said, I want you to pray about this. Mm -hmm. And whatever you feel like God is leading you to do, we will support you in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we believe you can hear from the Lord. And see, I think this is something we really need to instill in our kids. Right that the Holy Spirit can talk to them. And I remember beginning to talk to my kids about this at a younger age and um, them sort of being excited about, okay, what does that look like? What does that sound like? And so each of them eventually finding out what that, what that looks like for them. And always I tell them, you know, when you read the Bible and something stands out to you, that is God talking to you. Right. He's telling you something through his word. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. So that's where it starts. But then eventually right. I think they begin to recognize when he's speaking to their hearts directly. Yeah. Uh, and, and they can do that as well. But we need to instill in them confidence that God is powerful. And if you mm-hmm. want to hear from him, he will speak to you. You know, you just need right. to seek his face, you know, seek right you know, his kingdom first and his righteousness, and he will speak to your heart, you know. Um, One thing that I wanted to touch on uh, before we move on to the next question is um, I'm more like a second, third generation Christian. And as I'm listening to you talk, as you were telling your story about being a first generation Christian, I think Mm -hmm. there was so much encouragement there for moms who are listening and saying, I really want to disciple my kids, but I don't know what that looks like. Do you have any more words of encouragement for that mom? Because I believe um, the hunger is what's going to, in listening to your story, what I heard was this hunger. Mm -hmm. And because it was a hunger and a listening and a tuning in, God just poured himself and his word into you. Right. I would say, like I said, going back to the verse, seek him first. And if, if a mom is saying, well, I wasn't raised this way, or I don't know what that looks like. You 
don't have to. Just seek him first and let him lead you. And I know for me, the more I dove into his word, the more I wanted to know. And that's not to say that like every day I was, you know, right diving in and gung ho and now you know there it's it's a forward progression mm-hmm. um but there were certainly times where you know i was um maybe taking a step back or whatever but over the years i mean my relationship with god just keeps getting um stronger because mm-hmm. of that thirst and that hunger for his word and letting and and really coming to the realization that my life is not about me this is mm-hmm. all about him and what he wants to do in my life and really um you know looking at um my walk with him because i want to serve him i think early on when i first became a christian it was more of well, what is God going to do for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right, in a lot right. of really bad place. And a girl that I met was teaching me the Bible. And at first, I mean, my eyes were just wide open. But I think in the early years, it was almost like, okay, so this is the answer to my problems. And while yes, it was, there comes a point where you realize that your walk with the Lord is because you want to serve the God who created the universe. Like right. he's so big and so magnificent. So this is not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's really coming to that point of surrender where you're just like, I don't know what this is supposed to look like, but I am in awe of you. I want to follow you and not trying to figure it all out. Right. Letting him lead you. And that's what I've done in my parenting journey. That's what I've done in our homeschooling journey. It's been all about, yes, there's been days where it's all about me, right? But then I have to constantly, constantly remind myself that this is a life of surrender and that I am living for God and I will do what he says. My, my goal is to listen to him and do what he says. Mm. And I might not know how that's going to look. It, it, does, it doesn't come in a you know, outline that this is what it's that's going right. to look like. That's right. And so I have to really live a life that is open to whatever he has in store for us. You know, right. I tell my kids all the time, like um, and when my daughter was getting to the graduation uh, age and it was, you know, well, what are you going to do after high school? What are you going to do with your life? And, I, and she didn't know at one point, you know college, not college. It was like, you know what? We're just going to tell everybody we're following God. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but we're going to follow God and see what he says. That's right. And that's, that's what we've been doing the past 18 years. And that's what we'll continue to do to mm-hmm. follow God. And I think also it's important for moms at any stage, but especially younger or whatever is to really remember that this world is so distracting and um, it's not about what it should look like. Cause there's a million people out there who will tell you, this is what it should look like. Mm-hmm. And this is what you should do. I want my kids to remember that I was sitting at Jesus's feet. Mm-hmm. Like you said before, I don't want them to remember that mommy was chasing after this and mommy was, you know, always trying to find the best homeschool curriculum or the best parenting right, book or, right. or trying to figure out how to be the best Christian. I just want them to remember that mommy sat, at Jesus's feet. And to me, that would be, you know, the ultimate view of discipleship for them, that that they remember that mommy went to Jesus, mommy sat at his feet, 
and we don't always know what it's going to look like or how things are going to turn out. I think a lot of us as moms, we, or as Christians, we want to know the plan. We want Mm -hmm. to know if we do this, then this is what will happen. Right, right. Oftentimes, God is going to take us down paths we never expected to happen. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Walking with Him, it doesn't matter where you go. You're with Him. It doesn't matter what path he takes you down. You're with him. His presence makes all the difference. Right. So I really think that's what I I would say to encourage anyone who maybe is like, wow, this is all new to me, or I didn't grow up this way. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's a huge process, right? I mean, I'm talking a 20-year process to get where I'm at. And it's always a moving forward progression. So we should never get down on ourselves for, you know, stepping back or something, but also remembering that we're not going to know the outcome of our circumstances in life, but we do know the outcome of our walk with God is eternity. Mm -hmm. And we know that we are safe and secure with him no matter what. And if we're in his will, there's nowhere else we would want to be. And so we don't need the outline and we don't need to necessarily know how it's going to look or what it's going to look like in the end, but we know how we're going to get there. And that's with Jesus. That's right. That's absolutely right. I, I love that. Um, I, I think it's, it's hard for us as a people in this culture to hear those words and to be okay with them because we live in a culture that is all about instant gratification. Absolutely. It's all about knowing immediately what we want to know. And life with God looks so different than that. Um, we have to, I love what you said. Um, uh, I don't remember the word you, you used, but the word that kept popping in my mind that was equivalent to it was yield. Mm-hmm. Yielding That's to right. God. And I remember this older, yes, yeah, surrender, mm-hmm. an older mom. She was, she's been like a Titus II mom to me since I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, it's not like I was even able to spend copious amounts of time with her, but the time I spent with her, she would always seem to say something that has stuck with me mm-hmm. for decades. And mm-hmm. one of the things that she said the last time I saw her was just in her own life. Every time she would get worked up about, this woman's in her 70s. She has grown kids. She has grandkids. She has great grandkids. Mm-hmm. And she loves her family. She has six kids. And, you know, but when you have that many kids and that many grandkids and great grandkids, they're all going different directions. Right. And you can become worried and concerned and anxious over them at any, you know, the drop of a hat, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was telling me how she just, every time she starts to go down that road, she just hears the Holy Spirit telling her, just yield, Mm -hmm. yield to what I have for you. And I'm telling you that comes to my mind all the time. And as we were waiting for, um, our daughter to have a baby recently. Mm-hmm. He, he's one month old now. And Aww. a little background on her, she, her first baby was a stillbirth. And so that was a very, um, yeah. very hard thing to walk through. But again, God's grace was so there. And that's a whole story that we need to tell on a podcast. But it, it was just one of those you know, it was one of those difficult things in life. And then the next two births, um, the babies were fine, but the births had their own trauma involved mm-hmm. with them. Right. And so it, it gets to the point where you just are, your heart just sort of like gets ready for trauma again. Mm-hmm. And our daughter 
hates that because she's, you know, she is, she doesn't want to put us all through that. Right. right. But I'm like, no, you just listen to the Lord. You do what he leads you to do. Well, early on in the pregnancy, he, he was really clearly asking her to try for a VBAC, Mm -hmm. even though she'd had two C-sections. First was vaginal and then the Mm -hmm. two C-sections. Anyway, long story short, um, we're waiting for this baby to come. Um, and we don't know when it's going to come, when she's going to mm-hmm. go into labor, how she's going to do the hospital she needs to go to is two hours away. All these things up in the air. And I'm, I have people praying for us and I'm messaging them and, you know, keeping them updated, you know, nothing yet, but please keep praying. And anyway, my Titus two mom is on that list. Aww. And she, she, I remember the text just clear as day. She was, she put yield. Just yield to the spirit, yield to his peace. And it was just like somebody was pouring just this calm over top of me. That's such Um, wisdom though, such wisdom. So I'm just, I guess what I, my point is I'm just resonating with that word surrender and yield. And he, but the, the thing that's so important is that we understand who God is because it's very hard to yield and trust Right. If our view of God is distorted. Absolutely. And right. this, this again is why we need to be with him so that we get to know him better. And we, we begin to really understand how loving he is and how kind and merciful and gracious he is and that we can trust him and we can sort of like lean back into right. his arms and fully trust him. Sometimes it feels like a free fall, you know? Right, right. <laughs> But yes, that yielding, it just, it's, it's, and teaching our children that in this culture, because this is what I tell my kids all the time. There is nothing in this culture that you can depend on like God. And there is no absolute truth in this culture that you have to know that everything you do is measured against God's word and That's against right. who he is. And like you said, you can't live it out if you don't know who he is, right? That's right. That's and right. I tell my kids all the time, people are going to tell you all kinds of things. It could be pastors and churches. It could be teachers at you know, college. It could be friends. It could be parents, whatever. You must be able to discern if it's truth or not. And the only way you can do that is to be in his word. That's right. And to know him. And it's so important. So, you know, um, this culture, anything can be, whatever I believe is true, right? Tomorrow, if I feel like this is true, then that's true. That's not what God says. And I I love the comfort and in the fact that God's word is true and I have an absolute truth. You know, that's right. That's what anchors us. And and again, um, taking that back to the discipleship thing, this is why, you know, as I'm reading through this mama bear apologetics, um, this is what we need to be doing with our kids. What you just described is called um, it's, it's, people are trying to tell us that truth is subjective, right? That's the word. And, and so as we're, so as I'm reading this book and learning a little more about these terms, I can pass this on to my kids. But one of the things she she brings up is this whole um, 
belief in self-helpism. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about yielding and surrendering and it flies in the face of what yes. the culture is telling us. The culture is telling us you have to do blah, 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 blah. Right. And if you do A, B, and C, then D will happen. Right. And, um, and it's the complete opposite right. of what life with God looks like. I mean, right. there are certain That's absolutes. what we have to teach our kids. Yes. yes. And there are absolutes. If we walk in obedience to God, we can be assured that he is going to bless. And mm-hmm. it might not look like what we think it's going to look like, mm-hmm. but he will bless and he will honor it. He will take care of us. He will provide for us. And again, it might not look like right. what we think, but it will be beautiful and it will be perfect. It will be exactly right. what we need. And so these are all the things that we, as we walk out, we can share with our kids and we can disciple them and we can um, share these truths with them. And that's really what discipleship is all about. It's living along life, along life in God, mm-hmm. with God, alongside of our kids. Um, so, um, so if you could say anything to moms when it comes to discipling our children, what would that be? It's the most important thing you could do, really. I mean, out of that will flow everything else. You know, this is a culture that puts a lot of merit on success and, you know, how to raise your children so that they'll be successful or how to raise your children so, you know, things will work out, you know, the way they should. Or the most important thing is discipling your children. The most important thing you will ever teach your children is who God is and his word and to follow him. That's right. And that's the most important thing you can do. And, you know, there's, I mean, like I said, everyone, especially in the homeschool community, you feel that pressure sometimes. I mean, I'm sure in the public school community, you feel even yes. more that pressure of, of, um, you know, are your kids going to be successful? And I've always said, none of those outside things define success. They may be part of a success, but my success is defined by the fact that I pointed my children to Jesus. Does that mean that they are ultimately going to follow him? Because I know there's people out there with prodigals and all kinds of situations. It doesn't mean you weren't successful. Your success is that you pointed your children to Jesus. That's right. That's right. And from there you know, God will do the heart work, but the most important thing that you can do is to point your children to Jesus. That is absolutely right. I think, um, you know, I love what you said about speaking to the, the, you know, the mom with the prodigal, you know, their story isn't over yet. God can use a testimony of, you know, a a child who's wayward for a while and, Mm -hmm. and then eventually comes back when that happens. We don't know, you know, if that happens, we don't know, but God is always at work Mm -hmm. and always, um, and, and we can always be bringing our children before the Lord. And I think that's, that's a huge part of discipleship as well is, is praying over our children in the areas where we see them struggling, um, especially, you know, in their hearts and with their character and things like that. Um, It's a spiritual battle sometimes. And we wage that on our knees first. And then we, you know, we wield the sword of the spirit and um, the truth of God's word throughout the day with our kids and as the Lord leads. Um, I also wanted to ask if, uh, I know you mentioned that verse, seek first his kingdom. Do you have any other verses or was that kind of your main? Well, it was funny because I think you asked me about my favorite verse or a verse that would relate to discipleship and like immediately pops into my head, like Luke 14, I think it's 26, talks about how to be a disciple and, um, 
um, you know, following God and, and like denouncing your parents, right. you know, your family, because it shows that relationship with God first. But what just kept coming to my mind was, you know, Matthew six thirty three. it's not a verse that most people I think think about with discipleship. It doesn't mention that word, it's, but it's really at the core, right? It really is. You. And so that's always been my life first. And that one just kept popping in. So it was funny <laughs> when you said that, I was like, wow. <laughs> Definitely a clear message there. And, and it's an easy one to remember. I think this is where, you know, the, the nuances of discipleship can you know, if you're thinking about it too much, I tend to overthink. So, yeah. um, you know, you can overthink it, but um, I love that verse because it brings you back to the simplicity, the, the mm-hmm. core heart behind discipleship, which is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And God takes care of the rest. And I, right. I just think that's such a beautiful picture. Um, we're not in this alone. We're not doing this alone. We've got the God of the universe working right alongside of us and with us. We have his presence, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, this has just been a great conversation, Karen. I'm so oh, thankful that you were on here with me today and we could talk about this. And um, real quickly, I'd love for you to just share some of the ways for moms to connect with you. I will include this in the podcast notes, but you could throw it out there in case a mom doesn't make it to looking at the podcast sure. notes. <laughs> uh, you could find me at simplylivingforhim.com. That is my website. And I also have a podcast, Simply Living For Him. That airs every Friday. You can find that on all the podcast streaming apps out there. Um, you could also find it right on the blog. I'm also on Facebook at Simply Living for Him and Instagram, where you'll see probably a lot of posts of our our life out here on our hobby farm with our goats and our chickens and all those fun little behind the scenes things. Um, and I also have um, three books on Amazon for homeschoolers um, that are available called Home, Simply Homeschool, and Real Homeschool. And um, I also have a Um, book club coming up soon for our Called Home um, book, which has been very popular among homeschoolers. And now we're going to have an online book study coming soon. And I also have an e-course that talks all about how we use the Bible as our main textbook for one year in our homeschool. And that really is a guide. It's not a curriculum, but it's a guide to encourage families to keep the Bible as the center of their homeschool, whether they choose to use it like we did as sort of a a break from the usual curriculum to really just in-depth study God's word, or they just want to make sure that they're keeping the Bible at the center of their family. Um, That e-course is available at simplylivingforhim.thinkific.com. I love that. We'll include all of those things um, in the podcast note. I, I am so excited about that e-course. It's just oh, such a great, um, I think in the past when I've had you on and we've, we've mentioned that, we've had moms just, oh, tell me more, tell me more. Yeah. So I was so glad when you told me, um, I'm just going to turn this into an e-course right. so that these moms can have all their questions answered. I was like, thank you. That is going to be such a help. Yeah, and I'm such- really excited about it because yeah. we've gotten so much good feedback and mm. I didn't want it to be a curriculum. I don't want right. anybody following what we did. <laughs> right. But it's so it's like a guide and so many people, it's just, it blesses me because like I said, my mission is to point you to Jesus, to point That's right. to Jesus. So it That's blesses right. me when I hear families say, this is going to help us to point our kids to Jesus. So right. Right. About. And it, that is what it's all about. And I feel the same way. I feel like if we allow the Lord to use us to um, encourage the heart of a mom, to inspire her in her walk with the Lord, to encourage her to uh, spend time with him, she's going to know 
what she's supposed to do with her kids. We are not the ones who are supposed to be telling her the specifics on that. We're just pointing her back to the Lord and, and, and then watching him work. And that is such a great thing. So I love the approach you took with that. I think that is just fantastic. So um, we're going to go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for our time together. I thank you for um, the opportunity to just talk really honestly um, about what discipleship looks like on a very practical level, Lord. We thank you for these moms who are listening. We pray your peace over their families. We pray that as they've listened, that they have begun, that you have begun to cast a vision in their hearts and minds as to what this might look like for their family in this particular season. Because we all know the seasons change and it's going to look a little different um, as time passes. But God, I pray that you would just bring clarity of heart and mind by the power of your Holy Spirit, that these moms would walk alongside of their kids, disciple them, and and grow strong roots, Lord, that are rooted and grounded in the word and in the truth that we know that never changes, Lord. We thank you that you never change, that the truth never changes. And we thank you for loving us and giving us your word and the Holy Spirit um, to testify to all of that, Lord. Um, We love you and we just thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.